Ladies and gentlemen, this is Paused Reviews. Welcome back, everyone in the podcast listening audience. This is the Pause Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Frank. Thank you so much for joining me again for another week, another installment. I don't know. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, I'm joined this week once again. Thrilled, thrilled to welcome back my good buddy, Tim. Tim, thanks for joining us, man. Yep. Happy to be here. I feel like I just have to give the disclaimer these days that... Tim and I are not together. Yep. You can obviously hear it. Practicing social distancing. Hashtag stay home. Hashtag F coronavirus. Yes. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, man. Thanks so much, man. This is awesome to have you back. And I am kind of excited, actually, to talk about this movie this week. Uh, we are talking about Cowboys and Aliens from 2011. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm like totally stoked on this just because it was one of those ones that when it came out, I was like, I got to see this. And then what, eight, nine years went by. <laughs> and and then, never happened. wait a minute. So this is your first time watching it. Yeah. This was, this is fresh, brand new for me. It was why, like, why do I feel like I didn't catch that when we were chatting about this? Oh yeah, no, totally. I'm coming into this stone cold sober on this movie for sure. hundred percent. Oh, that makes us even better. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> so uh, before we start jumping into everything, quick note. So, guys, awesome, awesome, awesome to get a little bit of feedback from folks. Um, which is, I mean, it's much, much appreciated. Love the feedback, good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is. Great piece of feedback I got was, "Hey Frank, these movies you're going to be talking about, how can I watch them?" So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and answer that question for you. Great answer, right? So this week we are, uh, so like I said, we're talking about Cowboys and Aliens. This is the 2011 version. I don't believe there are any others, but who knows, just in case. The easiest way to watch them, obviously, is to rent them. You can rent them wherever you rent your movies, $3.99, I think. Quick note, there are two versions. There's a theatrical cut and extended. I watched both, apparently own both. It's uh, a problem. Um, so, it, you know, it's about 17 minutes different. So it's, it just sort of depends on you. Real quick thoughts. Do you need to rent the extended? No. If they're the same price, why not? If you're like me and you like kind of seeing all of it. But regardless, and I say that because the theatrical version is on Cinemax. So if you have a Cinemax subscription or if you've never had one before, dude, just do that like seven day free trial. Watch the movie. Cancel it. Boom. Cowboys and Aliens, free for get, your eyeballs. Do you get all the extras with that, though? If you stay up late and, you know, the switch to Skinamax is, you know, that might be worth Dude, the seven days. Like, is, <laughs> is that even still a thing? I don't know. I, when I was a kid, I remember, like, going to, uh, like, slumber parties and, like, going to sleep and then waking up and somebody left the TV on and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa way too young for, for, for that. Oh, we had, you and I had very different reactions. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why I went to sleepovers. <laughs> um so interesting thing so hbo recently so hbo used to be similar like if you watched yeah. hbo late at night you would get boobies but hbo within the past year maybe two they started phasing out all of their adult content it's not on there Weird. anymore yeah hbo just straight up took all the softcore stuff off of their offerings and like pretty much didn't say anything to anyone their whole idea was 
why are we going to keep spending money to produce this content when you can literally watch every porn ever made for free immediately right now in your hand? Yeah, that's essentially where I figured that was going. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's it in? I mean, given the choice between the two, I mean, unless you really like licking people's belly buttons, I really don't know why. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Have you, one of the greatest things about that as a kid, and even as a kid, I knew it was wrong, but they're trying to simulate, you know, like an oral scene, and that guy is up around her oh, belly button. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I, dude, I had no idea where that was going. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Tim, just, I think you slumber partied wrong. We need to have an off-air talk. <laughs> right, totally. That was my that was my takeaway from uh, uh, softcore porn days of just like I don't think these men know anatomy. <laughs> I love I love that you as like a nine year old boy was the one who's like, "Sir, you are doing that wrong." Right. <laughs> I was just like boobies. Put your head wherever you want. <laughs> um. Anyways, no. So so yeah, th- their whole idea was why are we going to keep burning money to do this when we can put this money into our original content. Um, yeah, makes which sense. makes perfect sense. But the brilliant part was they basically said nothing and just sort of waited, right? Instead of, because I think they probably felt it's like, look, if we come out and just say we're taking all this stuff down, people are going to be in an uproar or whatever. Right. No one noticed. No one even noticed. It took months, right, before somebody, like on Twitter or whatever, was like, yo, where's the porn? And essentially HBO's response was, see, we told you. You didn't even miss it. <laughs> They just tweet out a link to like Pornhub or something. It's exactly right. They were like, dude, you didn't even notice, you know, because you're not watching that here. Watch Game of Thrones. Anyway, so crazy side tangent. But uh, but yeah, so Cinemax, do the deal. Seven days. Watch it. If you want to follow along with us, if you want to get kind of what we're talking about. Otherwise, obviously, you don't have to watch the movie to listen to this podcast. Enjoy. Kick back. Relax. All right. So before we get into Cowboys and Aliens, we're going to kind of just... Do that same old song and dance, man. What are we doing? What are we thinking? So another week in lockdown, another week in quarantine. Tim, how are you guys holding up? Uh, we're surprisingly okay. Uh, I feel like I must be blessed because I keep getting the, oh, I'm ready to like, my marriage is struggling. I can't stand my spouse or the, uh, I can't take my kids anymore. And A, we don't have kids yet. And right. uh, what a blessing. I haven't. Right. That's what I've heard. Um, and uh, my wife and I just kind of looked at each other like, um, I mean, we're good. <laughs> so but like, are we doing this wrong? Should we be at each other's throats? Right. Like, uh, Why don't I hate you now? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's sort of been like, is there something wrong? Because I really don't mind you still. So uh, yeah, it's fine. Went to the grocery store yesterday, mainly because I wanted nicer food for Easter than one egg. <laughs> so, right. uh, but now, uh, other than that, we're we're surviving, but I don't have the children to to deal with so yeah i mean i will say this week for some reason seemed harder work seemed a little harder everything just seemed a little bit harder um you know we're we're in a good setup man yeah i like i couldn't imagine having the all the people in my house living in like an apartment or something i don't know how yeah. how folks are doing that you know we're, we've just got it all split up man i'm in the basement Alyssa's on the main like you know it's all we're all kind of in our space I I think this week though it did just start to kind of grate on me that sort of blurring of the line between work and home and and podcast and and like everything is just one long day, and I think that's kind of starting to hit me. Yeah. But yeah, man. I, I mean, I'm with you, shy of that. I love my wife. I love my kids. It's great to be with them. So you know, as long as you can kind of figure out that 
that balance or finding some kind of way to transition, which I, I don't even know if that's possible. I will say the rare trip, or I think like once a week, we try to limit ourselves like once a week, we'll hit a store or something. Yep. So this week we, we went to Target because uh, we had to get some like diapers and stuff. Yeah. And it just just that one little trip, it's like it's like going on vacation, man. It's just like this is the world. I think Carissa felt like uh, it was like a, taking your dog out in the car because like we figured it doesn't make sense for both of us to go in the store. So I was like, "Do you even want to go?" And she's like, "Well, I'd rather go take a ride in the car and sit in the car for forty five minutes. At least that's a change of scenery, and uh, I'll let you do the shopping rather than just sit home." So it was like roll down the window. Stick your head out as we drive. <laughs> it was like uh, it wasn't as post-apocalyptic as it has been, um, but they keep it's rolling, right? Like one week they didn't have mayonnaise and onions, and then the next week they had plenty of mayonnaise and onions, but no sugar. And now this week there was no uh, no taco kits and uh, no fry, uh, no frozen French fries. So. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, and no vegetarian food, like no none of like the vegetarian like meat stuff, like uh, the Beyond is, Burger type stuff. Beyond was good, but like the Gardein like buffalo wings and stuff like that, which is comprises a lot of our diet at the moment, uh, they didn't have any of. So, um, gonna be a lot of pasta this week. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. I mean, we we did pretty well. We did grab some fries. I wanted tater tots, man. We couldn't find tater tots to save our lives, yeah. but we got like Don't, fries. The worst thing you can have right now is a craving. Because they're not going to have that thing. <laughs> it is. That's exactly right. Our eating actually has gotten much better just because we've been so limited on what we can get. But this <laughs> week was the week of like, man, I want like a cake or something. And yeah. the best we could do was like a frozen Sara Lee pound cake. And it was just kind of like, <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. All right, man. So that's that's our that's our quarantine minute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what are you watching, man? Besides what uh, we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, um, I reluctantly brought myself to finish that final episode of Tiger King, and okay. by I know, and by reluctantly meaning like Friday afternoon, I was like buttoning up some work, and I just put it on in the background just to say I completed it, uh, <laughs> just just I, to say I did it, and then I did just in time they published like a bonus episode today or something, and I just. Uh, I don't know. It just completely runs out of steam. So I've been telling people if you're gonna watch it. I hate to tell you to binge it because you just so feel so bad about yourself. Um, but I, it just, it runs out of steam. There's just nothing worth watching at the end. Other than that, I watched the finale of the walking dead. What, which now is the finale, uh, which just totally wasn't meant to be the finale. So it sucks. I mean, if you're still with that show, most of it sucks anyway, but <laughs> it's just nothing of real good consequence happened. I kind of zoned out on that. Wait, is it the uh, season finale or the series finale? It is the well. It wasn't supposed to be the season finale, but it was because they had to wrap production. Oh, for yeah. coronavirus! I got it, Jerry. And it's just not meant to be uh, the finale. It just it was nothing. It was so it was just nothing. Why did they rush it? Why not just do kind of like a split? You know, like season whatever A, season whatever B. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just where they were in filming. I didn't look too deep into it. Um, um, other than that, we're still working through Shit's Creek and. Uh, Chris has been a big Grey's Anatomy fan for her entire life, so we watched that live as it airs. So, oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, this episode was pretty intense. Um, everyone in that show is a horrible person, though, so I don't really feel bad for anybody anymore at any point, except maybe one or two characters. And then still working through the season of Better Call Saul. That was actually a really fun episode this past week. So, Dude, that is so much content to ingest. 
I know, right? <laughs> you are a champion among men, sir. Um, yeah, it's a Tiger, lot of different streams. Tiger King, I think I'm gonna be. I, I'm gonna be one of the ones who just refuses. I'm not even yes, gonna. Just, I'm just not even just gonna don't. do it. No. So Alyssa and I are still, you know, putzing our way through uh, New Girl. I'm desperate to get to the end, but you know how it is. Um, yep. I start. So I started watching Community on Netflix. I have never seen Community before. I never watched it when it was on. I don't know if it's still. I know that it got canceled and then went over to Yahoo. Um, right. So I don't know if they've fully wrapped or, or if Yahoo's still doing new seasons or whatever. I gotta say, man. I mean, it is. It's not the best TV I've seen. It's certainly not the best sitcom. But the highs on that show are through the roof. I mean, the, you got to deal with the lows to get them. Right. But that show, at least every episode, at least once, I am dying laughing at it at one part and you know or another. Chevy Chase is killing me on this oh, show. Oh God. Yeah. And uh, and Donald Glover is on. I mean, literally everyone's off. The only one I can't stand. I hate. What's his name? Joel McHale. I just I don't dig him at all. But the rest of the cast is freaking hilarious. And Ken Jeong does not disappoint. This show. I do recommend it. I'm gonna keep watching it. Uh, I just, I just want to see where it takes me. Um, but if nothing else, dude, there are some zingers in every single episode, and it slays. I'm really enjoying and watching it, actually. I think that's how I feel about Shit's Creek. There's just, um, there's something in every episode that just destroys me. Um, that's gonna have to, that'll have to go on the list for sure. Oh, it's so worth it. All right, so so that's what we're up to at the moment. Yeah. But in the meantime, in between time, we watch. Let's just say it again. How many times can we say Cowboys and Aliens in one episode? That's what we watch. So Cowboys and Aliens, uh, directed by John Favreau. It's a big cast, man. There's a yeah. lot of people in this movie. And I don't think I realized it until it was really scrolling through. But I was like, oh, like Sam Rockwell's in it, and um. We had talked about Clancy Brown when we were when we were floating ideas for this one, so it was just like all star cast for the most part. Yeah, and when we were talking about it, I, I remembered, and now it's coming to me that that you had not seen it before because I was like, "Yo, it's got Daniel Craig, Olivia yeah. Wilde." I remembered um, Clancy Brown. I totally spaced on Sam Rockwell and yeah. completely spaced on Harrison Ford. Like <laughs> what when he showed up on screen, I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah so uh yeah man daniel craig harrison ford olivia wilde sam rockwell adam beach i love me some adam beach yeah i love I when he too. sneaks into things yeah um clancy brown's a a, a long time favorite of mine ever since highlander yeah and paul dano man is the, yeah the the douchebag son um oh, God. so quick synopsis basically uh, Daniel Craig plays a guy named Jake Lonergan. We we come in to him coming to just in the middle of the desert, has no idea where he is, has no idea how he got there. He's got this huge metal bracelet on. Um, and so we are following him, trying to figure out who he is. We obviously know he's a badass because some guys come upon him and he just wrecks them. Yeah, he does his best 007 impersonation like right off the bat. Like. Right. He's been shot or hurt. We don't know how. Anyways, he rides into this town. That's where he's introduced to the rest of this cast of characters. Uh, seems that some folks kind of know who he is. Some folks don't. None of that matters because in a short while, aliens begin to attack the town, suck people up into their spaceships, and now we got to figure out what the heck is going on. Yep. So that's yeah. about the gist. We'll kind of get into a few of the details as we go along, but 
definitely don't want to spoil things uh, for anyone who who wants. I mean, that's that's a lie. We're going to spoil a lot. But uh, yeah. some of the fun little details, we'll leave that for those who watch. Anyways, so real quick, overall thoughts, man. What what was your overall thought about this? Um, as a kid, I was going to be, I'd be all over this movie. Like, this was right in my wheelhouse. Um, I was all about Western stuff when I was a kid. Um, I had all of the, Playmobil was really big for me growing up. And I had all of the Wild West sets, so like forts and mines and native encampment and the saloon and downtown and so like, i was all about that kind of stuff uh, i was all about john wayne uh davy crockett movie from disney growing up was huge and actually what i remember one of the last setups like i would do setups for days in my basement over summer like my parents would lose track of me for like three days because i'd be down there setting all this stuff up across the basement and one of the last ones i did I actually had all of my giant rubber snakes invade the Western town and all of the different encampments had to join together to fight off the rubber snakes. So like, honestly, this movie was like right in that wheelhouse. So if I had seen this movie like 15, 20 years ago, this would have been like, Oh, you haven't seen this movie. It's one of my favorites for sure. Like this, I, as a kid, I, this movie was like made for me for sure. I think that's probably the best description is if I had seen this movie when I was like, I don't know, 10, 9, this would have blown my mind. Yep. Like, you know, I would I would be talking to people at lunch about the greatest movie of all time, Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think as an adult, some of that does still linger, man. I mean, it is it is what the title says it is. I think it's fun, it's enjoyable, and and I think the kid in you will love this movie. I think the downside is the critic in you is going to find a lot of things to talk about. And so we'll just kind of jump into some of those right now. So quick, quick things. These are things I honestly, I didn't know. So when this movie came out, I I remember thinking it was going to be completely awful. I did not see it in theaters. I think I watched it, you know, once it like released, I don't know if I rented it or whatever. I remember watching it the first time. I don't know if my expectations were so low that I remember really liking it. And so I bought it. I own it on Blu-ray. I own it on DVD. I own the theatrical cut on digital. I own the extended cut on digital, not realizing that the Blu-ray I own is the extended cut. I was like, I own this movie four different ways. And that is four ways too many. (laughs) But it's based on a graphic novel, which of course it is. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you didn't know that, so I I went in blind on that and then I did, I I read up on it afterwards because there's just too many things that are obvious about it that you're like, this has to have some kind of source material somewhere. I mean, it's got, and, and when you're watching this, I did not know it was based on a comic book. I, I, I 100% assumed it was as I'm watching it recently, just this last time. I'm just like, I mean, this is this is clearly a comic book. And sure enough, boom, it is. Yeah. Uh, the graphic novel is written by Scott Michael Rosenberg. I will say this. I am curious to read it. I feel like this is an awesome graphic novel to read, if only a sub, you know, a, a mediocre movie. Yeah. Um, what's interesting to me is that apparently he pitched, he pitched this movie to Universal and DreamWorks in 90... 90- six or 97 or yeah, whatever yep and the graphic novel didn't even release until 2007 yeah. so he pitched this and sold it 
almost a decade before he actually wrote the book. Which actually sort of makes sense in some ways because you're, t- you're thinking about the 90s and that's the height of the X-Files, right? And the alien lore, I think, was huge at that point. You're talking about X-Files, Independence Day. Like, we were really, we were pre-zombie at that point and we were in aliens. Like, aliens were the thing. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So uh, they buy the rights <laughs> 10 years before a book and then uh, and then they start production uh, a couple years after it it actually releases he, another cool thing was that the studio was and of course they were they were hounding John Favreau to uh record this for 3D they wanted this released yep. in 3D and to his credit he was uh he really fought back on that he he wanted this to not be total camp it was a western first um yeah. i i read one description that feels pretty apt it was like well it seems a little a little crazy. They said, imagine Unforgiven, which this is not Unforgiven, but imagine Unforgiven and then aliens show up. And that's and and, and that is an important kind of you know, a, a pitch really, because this movie is a Western first. This is not yeah. a sci fi with cowboys. This is a Western with aliens. And yeah. and it definitely feels that way. And I think that's the only way you do this well. So uh, props to him. He wanted to shoot it on film. It shot on widescreen 35 millimeter because he was like, Westerns are on film, man. And he wanted to have that sort of old-timey feel. I think the, the really interesting thing about um, John Favreau with this is now, you know, nine years later, we have him doing The Mandalorian, which is sort of in that similar vein. It's a space Western. Mm, um yes and we've seen some of these like clancy brown makes an appearance so i'm wondering if you know it's kind of interesting um but you you this kind of space narrative thing um the space western spaghetti western type um style to it but i found myself kind of through the beginning i was like wow this this movie plays like a video game like i would like almost like mashups of cutscenes. But I was like, I would, I would play this video game. It's like, it, it, it like the DLC for Red, uh, Red Dead Redemption with the zombies. Like, this is built for that world. Like, I would totally tear up some aliens. Right. Um, and I had that same thought during the Mandalorian. I was like, you know, this is a great, also a great video game. Like, I want to go play these missions. Like, everything feels like a mission. And halfway through, I was like, oh wait, it's, it's the way, it's his directing style. And it's something about the way he's directing both of these. Like, it just feels like I want to be playing in this world for both of these things. Like, I want to play these levels. So I thought it was interesting that I had kind of forgot that it was him as the director for this and then The Mandalorian. And I was like, well, that's why I feel the same way about these two entities. It's because the way he's directing it is like, I I just want to get in there. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's funny that you say that, too. I I had a slightly different reaction in the sense that you know, as fun as this movie is, and I and I think as well as well done as it was, to, you know, to make the choice to to have this be a western first, sci-fi movie second, um, that works here. I get the opposite sense from The Mandalorian, whereas The Mandalorian, much like Star Wars, Star Wars is a space western, but yeah. it is it is space and sci-fi first with nods and hints of being a western. What's ironic is where The Mandalorian to me is beautifully done well-written, incredibly acted, for the most part. There's a bit of Star Wars camp, but you need that for it to be a Star Wars movie, um, or a show, rather. This movie is just simply not as strong. And I think think the big difference and the difficulty of comparing this to, say, The Mandalorian, you don't have 
the decades of lore. You don't yeah. have that rich backstory, that rich world that you can pull from and sort of nod to. This is a complete standalone. And I think when you factor that in, it gives it a couple points. I mean, you know, for it being a one-off, it's not bad. It, it's it's an enjoyable watch. It's fun. Yep. You know? Yeah, totally. So that being said, that's that's the good. I think that's about all the good I can give it. Let's jump into all the bad. Um, things that I really, I struggled with a lot in this movie. Uh, and things I don't remember when I watched it the first time. Again, I think I was just thrown off by how not terrible it was, you know, but when I'm watching it, hoping to like it, it, it was a very different experience. First of all, there's some lazy moments in it for me. One big thing that stands out is the aliens. So the aliens come in, uh, we talked about how the aliens come into this town uh, and they just start abducting everybody. Like before we know anything else, these little ships are flying overhead, these lights are flashing everywhere and people are just getting sucked up into these ships. The thing I think that bothered me, and I guess the more I think about it, it makes sense. This is ob- this is not the mothership. These are little scout ships. Um, ship is even a strong. They're just like these little drone-looking things. But I'm so used to aliens sucking things up, beaming things up, tractor beams, all that jazz. They shoot like grappling cables and just suck everyone up. And and the cables. Uh, at, you know, attached to everyone exactly where the harness would be, you know, and to me it just felt, I mean, I guess in one way it's brilliant, like, hey, how can we save money? Well, we don't have to hide everyone's rigging while we're sucking them up into the air, but at the same time, it just, yeah. it was, to me it was distracting. I get yeah, why was, they did it, but it was distracting. Yeah, it was shocking. Maybe shocking is a strong word, but it was just kind of. <laughs> Tim, it was, Tim was shocked. I was just kind of like, I was like, what, what, what? Because just, I mean, the way that these people were just like zipped off the ground, it was just right. like, it was like, and, and I get it. I think they're trying maybe to stay away from some of the classic alien tropes, and maybe that does it a little bit of a disservice because. I, I don't know. These ships were super different than a lot of things that you've seen flying saucer-wise, right? But these cables come out and just zip people away. And I think this is actually one of the cut scenes that I think actually maybe helps a little bit is that there's a, a cut scene where Harrison Ford's character, the colonel, is explaining to the townsfolk, like, oh, no, no, our people aren't dead. They're roping them they're rounding them up like in terms that these cattle ranchers understand he's like no no this was a roundup like they've been taken for a purpose right and so when i read that cutscene, i was like oh yeah okay that plays a little bit more into that and like gives a little bit more purpose to this mission that they're going to undertake so like i said i watched both versions and i did see that exact scene but I, again i i feel like i think you could do the same with the beams right because if you're going to kill them you just blast them with those blasters yeah And, you know, I think it's just, it's nitpicky, sure, but for me, I was just, the whole time, I was like, why? Why would they be doing that? And then we find out shortly after, right, and so the the reason that the aliens have come to Earth is that they're after gold, which we'll get to that in a moment, but they want gold the same as everybody else on the Oregon Trail, but when they get the gold, they suck it, it melts wherever it is, and is beamed up into these ships. I have to imagine that it's one of those scout ships that do it. They're not going to be hovering the giant mothership that's deeply embedded into the earth to go collect that gold. So if these little ships can suck up gold like a beam, why are they still lassoing people? 
But anyways, whatever it is, it's I found it distracting. I'm sure it didn't bother. So I don't remember it bothering me the first time I saw it. But like I said, this time I was just like, Burp. coming from you know uh, the lore of of aliens and and such. Uh, it just I, I I harbor a very classic view of aliens and alien abductions. So. I was very thrown off the bat where I was like, okay, this is, uh, it was very, they were very stylistic, right? It wasn't, it wasn't your typical aliens at all. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh, I have more thoughts on the aliens. So we talked to, so we're talking about the gold. We can just, I'll just jump to that thing too. Um, I absolutely despise the premise that these aliens come to earth in search of gold. That seems very far-fetched to me. (laughs) <laughs> almost as far-fetched as aliens coming to earth why why like these beings who have created this incredible technology wherever they're from to be after anything i, I get the hunt for resources or whatever else that's fine maybe they need a new planet maybe you know whatever your classic trope is but that i mean and it is such a throwaway there's a scene where daniel craig is talking to olivia wilde and he's just like, why are they here? And she's like, they're here for gold. It's as rare to them as us. And that was it. That was the yep. complete explanation. They like shiny gold just like you. Deal with it. Let's move on. And I just, I thought that was super dumb. Yeah, I mean, anything more to that? Like, does it power their spaceships? Do they eat it? Like, I just... Right! <laughs> yes! Something. Give me literally anything. And and I don't know if it's just because of the time period that the movie's set in that they're just like, okay, cool. Like, we get it. Like, we're a bunch of badasses who rob people for their gold, so why not? Uh, but his lack of questioning that in its entirety is just, sure, why not? Why wouldn't they want it? Like, Dude, it got to the point where I did some real research on this. I was like, where does gold <laughs> exist? Is there gold in space? Like, would they have found gold somewhere else? And so, you know, don't quote me on anything, but the internet taught me a lot about space gold, which, <laughs> which yes, it is a real thing. And that makes perfect sense, right? Everything on Earth came from space. Like, it came from stuff colliding and doing whatever it does, and that's what formed the cosmos. All that being said, what they're saying is that, yes, gold exists other places, but not the way it exists here. And, like, Earth has this perfect environment to create these huge veins of earth gold quote unquote and so like they wouldn't even know about this gold like it just doesn't exist the same way everywhere but whatever i thought the premise was dumb and yes dude it would have been totally different if they would have taken five more seconds and been like they need gold for their ship they need you know they they gather gold in space and that's what heals their bodies whatever man great well and it also doesn't give them any reason to mess with people like they they embedded their ship out in the wilderness and they were sucking up all the gold and the townspeople are just like okay there's no gold here great and oh, that's they move on so with their lives. True, man. So why did they need to round up? And she, I, you know, Olivia Wilde's character goes into this whole thing. It's like, well, she they're probing you for your weaknesses, and it's like weaknesses. They didn't even know this giant tower was out in in the canyons somewhere sucking up all the gold. Those aliens could have been in and out. Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. In like. 10 minutes yeah and and, yeah and she's like this is the scout team i'm like well it seems like they're doing a lot of work for a scout team like the scout team just kind of pokes their head in and says all right yeah there's a lot of dudes here uh and then they radio for the ship like the mothership was here man 
You know, what I'm saying? they were already harvesting gold. They were in there was process. No, they had no business harvesting people. This is none. That's so true. Yeah, oh, it's pissing me off even more. The more we talk about it, the whole thing is dumb. You're absolutely right. Anyway, there is a scene that really bothers me. It bothers me so much. Okay, so let's talk about the aliens for a minute. When yeah. we get our first look at the aliens, they look like the grasshoppers from ants, right? Yep. Like they're basically bugs, but they're like water bugs. So th- yeah. so we get a look at them. Now their chest opens up and it shows, you know, their heart or lungs and whatever, and then these little baby hands come out. It, they do it twice, okay? Yeah. One instance makes perfect sense. The other instance makes zero sense. Both of them with the exact same character, the little kid, the sheriff's son, uh, little baby Taggart. So (laughs) the posse is chasing this alien they shot down in that first scene. They track him and and take up shelter in this overturned ship in the middle of nowhere. Which, again, why is it there? Did the aliens drop it there? Presumably so. There's no explanation. Throughout this movie, things will happen to your face balls and and no one will tell you why. It's nope. just that's there now. Deal with it. And every everyone else is okay with it, but but you as the viewer right. are not. I mean, even the people witnessing it, like there's uh, Sam Rockwell is just like, I'm not going in there. That's an upside down boat in the desert, and everyone else is like, well, yeah, you sleep in the rain, do do do, and like, <laughs> so they're in there. This alien starts wreaking havoc on them while they're there. The kid come is confronted by the alien, and. <laughs> And this thing gets real close to him, just sniffing him and whatnot, opens up his chest hole and reaches out his little hands. Dude, I swear to God, Shape of Water ruined me because all I saw was the water creature and I thought that was going to open up to unveil his dong and he was going to pwn that kid. And But it wasn't. And it was just his little baby hands. But here's my other question. Why? <laughs> There's... <laughs> There's another scene, right? He is encased in this body armor. Why does he need his little baby hands to dispose of this child? There's a scene later where another alien is after him, and he hides in this little cavern, and the alien can't reach his giant alien arms in there to get him. So he opens up his chest and sticks his little baby hands in there so that he can snatch up this kid. And, you know, his like little T-Rex claws. And, and then the kid stabs him in the heart and kills him. So, but but at least that makes sense. It can't yeah. reach him with his big arms, so it uses his little baby hands. In the scene in the in the ship, there's no, he's like caressing his face with his little wet newt arms. It is gross. It is creepy. I thought that kid was about to be violated. It made me very uncomfortable. And again, just another scene I didn't need. Yeah, it, there was for me there were shades of tremors in those uh, little baby arms with like the nasty flopping tongues on all the oh, tremors movies. Yes. And like it's just that slimy grossness. It just Again, that was a, I feel like that was a 90s thing, right? Because you had that in Independence Day, too, where, like, the aliens' faces, like, ripped open. Oh, but and... they did that so well. That right, was their, exactly. like, battle gear. And if right. you got inside, that was the alien. That was him, like, powering, like, a biomech suit. To me, it felt like they tried to go too, too far with these aliens. Again, I think it goes back to the video game thing for me, where it was like, hey, these these would be awesome creatures to fight in a video game 
But I don't know that I got alien from these guys. Like, if you told me that they came out of a cave. Oh, like, I agree. Some, like, I'm totally like they could have just as well come from like some mine shaft under the ground and not from outer space. Like, Dude. I, oh, my God. That nails it. I think that is almost a better movie. Yeah. Right. Like in your mining, you disturb some like deep down like pit where these water creatures live and feed on right. the earth gold. And then they've now come up to slaughter everyone because yeah. you're trying yeah. to take their resource. Oh, we just wrote a much better movie in about 10 exactly. seconds, Tim. Yeah, it just it, that felt more. I guess what I keep coming back to in my thoughts was that I almost wonder if it would have been better served for this movie to stick to a classic alien style like flying saucers. Yeah. Gray spindly aliens. I mean, and maybe go like play them up a little bit make them a little bit more vicious than like you know like some little gray, gray guys with almond eyes but i just i just did not get alien i i think you nailed it it's like either be aliens or be water creature or like some some thought extinct earthly thing but this is some weird hybrid of the two and neither yeah. one of them makes sense. And, and honestly, that's, it's almost, that almost speaks to the movie as a whole. It's, it's a mo It's two genres trying to be one. And, and yes, there's moments where it feels good and feels right and it's whatever, but most of the time it feels out of place. It, it's like a restaurant that does too many things okay versus just doing one thing perfectly and 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 i feel like this movie suffers from that in multiple ways and I, and i think you nailed it i think the way they handle these aliens is exactly that it tried to be too many things in one instead of just being one thing really well and i think out of place segues into one of the other things that really just killed me about this was olivia wilde felt so out of place in this movie yeah yeah yeah. and i can't part of me started to reconcile it towards the end but just something about her look and her presence just didn't fit and like hmm. she was too clean and pristine and i oh, just yeah and i was just like i don't i don't buy you as like being in this place but as we find out later on she's She's not of this earth and right. she has assumed this form. So at that point I was like, okay, so my unease about her maybe is actually justified within the plot, but I still just, I, I, I don't know if the, she was just, I don't know if she was still right for that, that role. I, I don't know. I, I, I felt better when that was explained that she is, you know, a, an alien being in inhabiting a female form. Um, right. Okay. I I have thoughts on that. Olivia Wilde, it is... It, so we come to find out. So she plays a character named Ella. She comes up in the very beginning to Daniel Craig and seems to know a lot about him, but is not telling him anything. And all she's giving us is that she needs his help because they're looking for something and they're both looking for the same thing. And we don't know what that is yet. Come, it's They're both looking for the aliens and their alien ship, right? Uh, Jake and, and the team want them so they can rescue the people who've been taken. And Ella wants them because she wants to destroy the ship. We come, so she, there's, there's another scene later on where they're attacked by more aliens and she is essentially killed. They, they have a, 
a Native American ritual, as you do. So we had one in it. So now we're two for two. Native yep. American rituals, they're the answer for everything. So they have this ritual, and so she just, her body is not laying somewhere. You know, it doesn't do what, the fire starts to dance. You start to see a face in it, and then she just emerges like Khaleesi, mother of dragons, buck naked, and, and she's back, right? And, she, and, and the only explanation is, I'm an alien, I'm not of this world, and I didn't tell you because I didn't know if I could heal this body. Do we know why she wants to stop these aliens? Nope. Do we know the what type of alien she is and what this history between the two of them are? Nope. We have a scene where we're, it's the perfect scene, where we're sitting around the fire, Native Americans, cowboys, everyone together, and I'm waiting for her, wrapped in her little poncho, to give us the 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 history of their people, right? And, and how the, the only thing we get is I come from up there. Let's move on. And, and I, I think it's it's only ever expounded like slightly more, where she's like, "Oh yeah, this shit happened to us too." Right. And it, but it, there's there's no investment into anything. No. Nothing is explained. Nothing reels me in. Everything sort of teases me and tempts me, and then takes me nowhere. And so before you can really get sucked into any part of this story, which is just this jumbled together mess, you start to kind of think about getting into it and then you suddenly find yourself completely out of it and you have to restart that every single time with each new thread that they try to give you but none of it forms any cohesive pattern nothing forms a cohesive movie and really the only thing that saves this is if you want to watch cowboys shoot aliens and aliens shoot cowboys it's going to give you exactly what you want if you're looking for a story in a movie it's not there yeah, I mean, uh, even the whole premise of the posse, right? Like, they're not aware of this whole, like, world-eating alien race that is destroying planets for their gold, right? They're, right? they're going after their people. And why does Harrison Ford even want his kid back? His kid sucks. His kid is, like, the worst person in the entire Western frontier. Like, yeah. I didn't want that kid to come back. I was glad when he was gone. And God, he was you garbage. Oh, he sucked. And you just, but you weren't given enough of anything else. Like, yeah, Sam Rockwell obviously liked his wife, but there wasn't enough between them to like build up caring for them. And I wanted to see more of him because I like him as an actor. I like those roles he plays, but there just wasn't enough for me to really care that they got these people back. And I don't even know if I knew at the time that any of the natives were taken like the natives just kind of were like, yeah, sure. We'll help you, you know, kill the aliens. Cause it's like in our prophecy, but like, I didn't realize that they had, you know, their women and children abducted. Right. either. And I just didn't really care that other than wanting to see the Cowboys fight aliens, I didn't really care if they succeeded in getting their people. Back. No, I mean, it's, it's absolutely true. I think you're spot on. Right. I, I think it, much like many parts of this story, Nothing is fully developed all the way, and that includes some of the relationships between these people. But whatever. I found Daniel Craig to be distracting the entire time. Daniel yeah. Craig has, there's like two modes. He's either a normal human man or this like jittery, overacty, anxious type person. And, and every scene, man, he was just chewing up scenery, lip 
curses and and huffs and puffs and shakes and and just the whole thing and i was like i felt anxious watching him and, and his the way <laughs> the way he walked through the entire movie with this like gorilla arm swinging swagger i had a really hard time watching him and you don't get that in everything but it was a problem here for me yeah i mean i i guess maybe could that be you know a, a british guy interpretation of an american western like doing their best john wayne oh, sort of thing that's such a good point dude you know it they're like trying to be the stereotypical you know it's like if an american is going to be a stereotypic irishman think about what you would do if you're going to be a stereotypical irish guy or a stereotypical brit that's such but, a good point you know he's trying to be a stereotypical you know john wayne and and pull that off uh in the height right of his bondness i, I don't really know if that was the right casting for this part yeah yeah <laughs> there no. were just there were moments i just it was a, a little difficult and i found myself focusing on his accent a lot and i think we've talked about it off air a couple of times about charlie hunnam um and yeah. just you know watching him try and be a uh, like a socal biker uh norcal biker whatever it was uh it just there were just some words and some mush mouth that didn't feel like, oh yeah, you're a Brit trying to do this badass American. A hundred percent. No, and I think that's I think that's a perfect point. And 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 I hadn't really thought about that, but that makes sense. I thought his accent wasn't bad. Um, it's it wasn't great, but it wasn't the worst. I mean, it's yeah. not like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Why they yeah. keep giving this man roles where he can't just be British is stop casting him in an American accent. It's awful. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. So, so yeah, I found him distracting. Okay, I want to end on a good note, right? Yeah. And so yeah. one thing I really did like, as Daniel Craig is remembering things, he and his wife are abducted at the same time the gold is taken. His wife is killed just incinerated right right in front of his eyes yep. uh, daniel craig gets the weapon bracelet because the alien doing all the dissections takes it off for a second daniel craig gets loose puts it on slices the alien in the face and somehow escapes right when they go back into the mothership to to do the final boss fight and all that he stumbles into that same room i thought this scene was awesome i yeah. liked almost everything about it he's kind of looking around and then all of a sudden there's uh like a video playback of him attempting to be dissected and you know his face and all this like he just looks terrified and all this kind of jazz then the alien grabs him throws him on the table locks him down grabs the little you know scalpel thing that glows like a laser knife yeah. again they have laser knives but they still use grappling cables anyways so and then he holds the light up to his eye, the alien, because Daniel Craig had sliced him in the face. It's this moment where the alien, first of all, remembers him, has been thinking about him. When he sees him, recognizes him. These are not just dumb aliens. This thing hates Daniel Craig and is yep. singling him out. Like, And he's going to cut him up slow, the whole deal. Now, Daniel Craig obviously comes out on top, but... What a great moment. I loved that they made the alien. Like, I feel like alien movies are, oh, these are sentient beings. Oh, this. But it's it's never personal. It's just like this mass. It's all or nothing, 
right? We're going to kill all the humans or not. Yeah, these humans killed our people, but whatever. Let's just fly up out of here. This is like a moment where it's like, I feel like this alien would let the ship leave without him and would stay behind and die if it meant killing Daniel Craig. Like, that's his life's purpose now. And I super dug that, man. It was a really cool moment for me. Yeah, I, I, I thought um, that actually might have been one of the only moments where I actually felt there was some kind of tension. Because, um, yes. I mean, he was locked back into that thing and he, Daniel Craig, was just kind of losing it like he hadn't really maybe lost it at any other point in the movie. And I think he was sans laser bracelet at this point i think he had given yeah he it had already, already given it to olivia wilde yeah so like the one weapon that was a surefire kill on these aliens he doesn't even have anymore and i think it was the first part where i was like oh he's he's pretty screwed at this point and in the back of my mind i as you're explaining this i i think it's kind of interesting to to go back to something that Olivia Wilde's character says earlier in the movie that you know these the, they really don't care these aliens don't care about humans they they're like they they're like insects to them right? We, right we see this kind of played out in like men in black too i think is a common refrain there um but to me this vengeance thing is like almost you know like there's a spider in your house and it gets away from you and you're like i'm gonna kill this damn spider i'm gonna find the spider and i'm gonna get rid of it if it's the last thing i do and you're probably more worked up about this spider than you should be like this guy, this alien did not go join the rest of his buddies and go out and slaughter people. He just kind of waited around and let Daniel Craig show back up. And he was like, like your point exactly. I'll be damned if the last thing I'm not doing is killing this guy. Like I yeah. will kill this guy at all points. Well, it sort of felt obvious like that was going to happen. The reveal was great because I had doubts because I was like, ah, oh, you can't tell any of these guys apart. Like they're all just these, you know, giant grasshopper monsters. But when he, that light was like, Oh, Oh no. Like, and that's where that tension comes from. You're like, Oh no, Daniel Craig is screwed at this point. Cause this guy's not letting him go. Well, and that is a testament to one piece of good writing in this movie, which is they, had the forethought in the I mean not the forethought it's obviously they had the forethought but so there, when you structure a film right there's the whole idea of sort of like you tell them how it ends at the beginning and yeah. so they've seen it and then boom so so we get a glimpse earlier on of Daniel Craig slicing him in the face but it is it is just it's very quick you know what I mean it's just boom and now I'm out you're you're more focused on Daniel Craig's escape from the ship than you are yeah. of whatever damage he did to anybody because you really don't even expect to see that alien again just because of how alien movies tend to play out it doesn't yeah. even register in my mind so when he sees him again later and he makes a point to show like this is where you cut me don't you remember right I was like it was like he was talking to me I was like I yeah. do remember this right. is fantastic. I right. thought, you know, I just, I really want to highlight it just because, you know, it, it, we talk about the ways that this fails at being an alien movie. I think this is the one way that it does something different from the mold that, it, that for that moment invested me. I, I felt yeah. invested in the conflict between this specific alien and our protagonist. And that is not a feeling you have anywhere else in the movie or, you know, at all before or after this moment so yeah, yep. and, and it plays out very quickly but you know whatever in i i thought it was worth highlighting it was a really great moment and it and it makes it enjoyable so yeah. um all right man so i think 
I mean, that pretty much covers everything. Now, yeah. I, like I said, I watched the extended and the theatricals. The extended gives you about 16 more minutes. I was really hopeful that I was going to get more backstory about Ella, Olivia Wilde's character. Or, yeah. you know, why? Who is she? You know, instead, now you do get you get a little bit extra stuff about uh, Meacham, Clancy Brown. Yep. So, you know, he has one throwaway line in the theatrical version where he says, yeah, not bad for a, you know, country preacher or whatever. Um, in the in the extended version, he he brings Daniel Craig into his uh, into the um, chapel, and and they have a, a bit of a back and forth before he lays him down to stitch him up. So it's confirmed he's the preacher. Uh, there's a scene with Doc Sam Rockwell, who is the saloon owner, but he's you know, and I just kind of thought Doc was his nickname, but he is actually yeah. a doctor and goes so far right. as to say as much. And you see him yeah. sewing people up. Um, there's a few extra scenes with Harrison Ford and, and just, there's, there's, a, there's extra scenes with sort of the, uh, the old Jake Lonergan gang, which is, uh, you know, again, just a little bit more backstory, but not in any of the places where I really needed it. And I totally left out the fact that Walter Coggins has a small part in this movie. Oh, Walton Coggins. Yeah. Walton Coggins. I love him. Like, yeah, uh, dude. I, I think he's fantastic and uh, he's good in this. Yeah, I would have I would have liked to have seen more of him in this. I was thrilled when I saw his name pop up in the credits. I was like, oh, yeah, Walton Coggins. But uh, yeah, he, his part is good, and I think it's appropriate. Uh, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more with him, for sure. I agree. Now, in the extended cut, you do get a few more seconds of him, but yeah. it's not by much. Um, there is also uh, extended version gives you an ending that shows you a new Percy, a Percy who's turned a leaf. Um, yeah. So the douchebag you've hated the whole time, at least in the end, it pays off that he's a good guy now. Um, and, and you get that with Jake, right? That sets the stage. And, and and I think Clancy Brown has a great line, which is, it's not about who you were. It's about who you are now. And yeah, so, exactly. you know, it doesn't matter if Jake was a criminal in his past or, or any of these things. This is a section. This is essentially a second chance for everybody. That's the yeah. good that comes out of all this. And we see that play out with some of the characters in this, uh, Percy included. So, you know, that's kind of nice. There's there's a few payoff things. Do you really need them? No. If it's the same price, sure. If you don't mind the 16 minutes of your life, do it. Um, there's some redundancy. You'll, you'll see some scenes where you're like, oh, I'm glad you cut that. There's an extra kiss scene between Daniel Craig and yeah. Olivia Wilde. And I didn't need the yeah. one that I did get. Nope. And then, you know, there's a few things where you're just kind of like burnt, but whatever, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I think is interesting out of what you just said, given the times that we are in right now, uh, I've seen uh, a kind of a bat of articles of people kind of taking that idea of reinvention. Like you're kind of learning what now we can live without and what you can do without once you, once we find whatever normal comes after this, right. it's like, we're all kind of given that kind of chance to reset right now. So it's actually an interesting on topic moment to take from that movie. It's like, we're all kind of getting that moment to kind of reset and refresh and come out of this uh, a little bit better than we were before. So just kind of tie that all back to where we, <laughs> where nice. we are in the world. Way right? to bring that home, Tim. <laughs> yeah. It turns out what I can't live without is all of our streaming subscriptions. Right. Um, anyways. So yeah. All right. So let's bring this home. Uh, we talked about a lot of bad. There's a little bit of good. And I think it's a proper ratio. At the end of the day, this is not a great Western. This is not a good sci-fi but in my opinion especially when you consider you're trying to merge these two genres i i think it does as well as it can is it yeah. worth watching 
if you're interested at all in any of what we just said, I think it is worth a watch. I think it is fun. I think it's uh, it's interesting enough. It's not cohesive. It's kind of a jumbled mess. But like I said, you want to watch Cowboys and Aliens shoot at each other. Uh, it's shot really well. Um, I, I think, you know, the the cinematography is beautiful. The sets are beautiful. Not sets, but, you know, the locations are gorgeous. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, so you're going to kind of get all the vastness that you want to see in a Western. And you'll get little glimpses of the sci-fi stuff, but although I think that is weaker uh, yeah. in terms of the aliens and their ship and that kind of stuff, that's less impressive. I think 100%, if you can watch this movie for free, you know, Cinemax or otherwise, watch it. You know, if you're into any of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast uh, and you think remotely similarly to me, I think you'll have fun. Is it worth a three ninety nine rental? Nah, I think with that, you need to be really curious you know yeah um because i think once you start getting into the whole you know paying money to see this you may start getting kind of upset right <laughs> right I and mean, i think that might be what what sort of informs a lot of my opinion because i paid for this twice <laughs> right right uh, i would say you know if you're coming at it from the angle where you were like me and 20 years ago in your parents basement and you know storming forts and whatnot with giant rubber snakes then yeah like i said i think had i seen this yeah. with harrison ford at like you know in that star wars indiana jones worship age of mine like this probably would have been cemented into that 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 canon of like i love harrison ford um and you'd be hard-pressed to talk me out of it that this wasn't up there with, you know, at least Temple of Doom or definitely better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Oh, um, that's a but, fact. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it was fun. Um, I think if it was on TV, I might check it out. Uh, you know, I might just leave it on if I stumbled across it. I think there's probably reasons why it took me the nine so years to come back to it, um, mm-hmm. despite my, despite the fact that I do love Harrison Ford and that there was a lot going for it that would have been right down my alley. I think there are just reasons for it, and the least of which might just be the title. Like, you know, it just you're like, ah, that's okay that's right on the nose like do i really want to watch a movie it's like snakes on a plane do i want to watch a movie that's just gonna come out and tell you exactly what this movie is right you know but if you're uh, okay with that you're gonna be fine right exactly um so yeah i mean i'm happy that i finally came around to watching it i i definitely i definitely say do it like frank said if if any of this speaks to you um if you're a harrison ford completist or maybe you just want to get really excited to play some red dead just you know, go back into that world because that's really what I've been wanting to do since I watched this yesterday. That I really just true. want to go play some Red Dead. Yeah. Um, and actually, this did spur me to look into one of my favorite parts of Red Dead uh, Redemption is the DLC zombie pack. And I think that game is just brilliant. And I love revisiting that world. And somewhere along the line, somebody had suggested, hey, could they have done a DLC with aliens instead of zombies? Because zombies, again, was right on the nose for when this came out. And uh, when that came out in 2010 i think and apparently there were rumors for a while that when red dead redemption 2 came out that they were going to do a dlc with aliens and which is what call that, of duty did they had right. the zombie pack and then they switched it up to aliens right yeah. so that has apparently been debunked within the last six months to a year that they aren't actively working on that because they're focusing on um uh, multiplayer rather than single player campaign mm-hmm. um but like I said, from the very beginning, I was like, ah, I want to play this game. So I think 
over the next couple of days, I might have to break out the the Red Dead Redemption and, and kill some zombies that way. Yeah, man. So, yeah, like I said, I, I would recommend it just, you know, with caution, you know, kind of give it some thought and then uh, and then decide for yourselves. I, I, you know, but at the end of the day, I thought it was fun. It was it was a fun watch. I give it a four. OK, so I give it a four out of ten if you have to pay for it. And by pay, yeah, I mean a rental. I give it a 5 out of 10 if you watch it for free. I yeah. would recommend renting it. I would not recommend buying this movie. And the main reason, too, is we talked about Harrison Ford and stuff like that. I've watched this movie before. I forgot he was in it. This movie is forgettable. You will enjoy it in the moment. You'll ingest it. It will then leave your body, and you will forget it was ever there. Like, you don't remember the sandwich you had three weeks ago, but you know you ate it. You know yeah. you watch this movie. You're never going to think about it again. No need to own it. Uh, but, you know, yeah, a rental, four out of ten. For free, five out of ten. Yeah, that's, I think that's that's spot on. And since it was free for me, I'll, I'll stick with that five out of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. So I think that pretty much wraps us up. You know, in closing... Um, you know, like I said, we're all about the feedback. I'm all about the feedback, looking for ways to make this better, looking for things you guys want to watch a uh, big shout out to some, uh, some of Tim's friends who gave us some wrecks. Um, you know, true romance was thrown out there. So I've added that to the list. Um, so we'll be watching that at some point here. Send me recommendations, looking for stuff to watch. What do you want us to talk about? Feedback on what you like, don't like. What do you want more of, less of? Whatever, man. And there's plenty of places you can reach us. I'm on Instagram, Paused Reviews, Twitter at Paused Reviews, Facebook at Paused Reviews, Paused Reviews, Paused Reviews. And obviously the website, www.pausedreviews.com, where you can download this and uh, reach out to us, whatever it is that you want to do. So yeah, hit us up, talk to us, tell us what you're watching. Uh, we'd love to uh, to hear from you. Uh, other than that, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Tim, you got anything else, man? No, just uh, stay home, wash your hands, and watch lots of movies. Yes, wash your hands and watch lots of movies. Dude, it's so true. Yeah, stay safe out there, guys. Help each other. Help the elderly. Help the immunosuppressed. Help the kids. Help us all, man. Yeah. Keep your asses at home. Watch these movies. Hang out. Talk to your friends. We're all in it together, isolated, but together. Uh, yep. And we're going to get through it one day at a time, man. Who doesn't need a few months of just laying around the house? Right. Right. <laughs> totally fair. Work is, work is just time between movies. That's right. All right, guys. As always, I'm Frank. I'm thanking you, my friend Tim, for joining us again. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a good one.